last Sunday. Um, we had a, our last trench song from the 21 Pilot series, Smithereens. And in that sermon, we talked about some um, five points about how to be good girlfriends and boyfriends, how to be good future uh, husbands and wives, and really just how to love people well. And our five points that we talked about, about loving people well, is that if you want to love people well, you need to learn, I need to learn, we need to learn how to lay down our lives, put other people first by controlling our emotions, standing up for others, becoming a student of the one that you love, loving people for who they are, warts and all, and believing that God's way of doing relationships, uh, of doing um, marriage, is, is the right way. Now, we covered some really good ground in the sermon, but we knew that you guys had more questions that are more specific to you and your stage of life. And so we decided we'll do an Ask the Ulmers. So if you don't have any idea why there's two of us today, it's because Brooke and I, about once a year, we'll sit up here and we'll just answer questions that you guys have asked about a specific topic. And today's topics are sex, dating, relationships, marriage. Um, here's how it's gonna work. We put out multiple polls on social media. We have culled it down to the top 20 questions that you guys asked about sex, dating, and marriage, and we've written these out, and we're just gonna roll through them, um, and we'll probably give opportunities for feedback or extra questions. Um, and we encourage you to take notes today. That's the primary response today, is if you hear something that speaks to you, write it down, own it, pray about it later. But um, to introduce my bride, my partner in today's talk, this is Brooke Ulmer, and Hello. she uh, is from Pacific Grove, California, which is about more or less where we met 13 years ago. Um, she, loves, she loves red vines, diamonds, and me. Um, she is the girls pastor of Woods Edge Community Church, specifically Easter Ministry, and as we mentioned before, she's been my bride for 13 years now, last February. And she is beyond um, question for me, the most beautiful, virtuous woman in the world. So I'm gonna pray for us, and then we're gonna jump into our talk. So if you would, bow your heads and agree with these prayers. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to sit with my bride and for us to gather together and talk about something that is so near and dear to your heart, love, relationships, um, marriage, and even sex. And we pray right now, Brooke and I do, that you would speak through us, that our words would be your words, that we would speak with unity and harmony and, and just a fear of the Lord. Please bring scriptures to mind and stories to mind that minister to our students and for each and everyone here, even if some of the stuff we cover um, touches on an area that hurts for them or an area that they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, that you would allow to stick the things that need to stick. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys, your first question that was asked like 10 different ways was, how do you know when it's the right time to start dating? Um, how do you know when God's timing is? And what are some things to look for? So how do you know when it's time to start dating? Um, I'm gonna just go ahead and hand this one off to Brooke because she already looks like she has something to say. Yes, I do. I have lots of things always to say. So um, I'm just gonna say, say right off that your relationships are going to reflect your relationship with God, always. So if your relationship with God is not right, your relationship with people is not going to be right. Um, so how do you know when it's the right time to start dating? You know because you're in a good place with God. 
Mm. You know because you are daily pursuing Christ, walking with him. You're in his word. You know his voice. You are becoming sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You're being sanctified, which means you're growing. You're not perfect. You know, you're not free of sin, but you are being perfected. And in his timing, it will be something that um, is slowly revealed to you. So some of the things to look for are, um, is there impatience on your side or on the side of the other person that you're interested in? Um, If there's impatience, that's a warning sign um, that either you or the other person or both of you are not submitted to the Lord. And anytime you pursue even a friendship where you guys are not both submitted to the Lord, there are going to be problems. And I think as far as dating relationships go, the problems are, are obvious. They're going to be problems that get you into, into trouble, into trouble in your heart, into trouble um, with your body, and into trouble with your parents, as well as with God. So I, I think that one of the things to look for is to start with your own heart. Are you submitted to Christ right now? And then to look for the other person's heart. Are they submitted to Christ right now? Mm, That's really good. The only thing I would add as a caveat, and we're going to cover a lot of ground today, is um, when it comes to friendships and and dating relationships specifically, like are you ready, do you have an honest and true desire in your heart that you want what's best for them, that you desire their um, sanctification and smile more than your own? Uh, as As a young man, as a teenage boy, I still remember clearly what it was like. I was not interested in girls for what I could do for them. I was interested in what they could do for me. That is not a healthy place up here or in here to start a dating relationship. Yeah, well, and and that's going to be true with all of your relationships in life, Um, dating relationships, friendships, in any kind of relationship. Um, If you're going into it for what you can get out of it, then it's going to go wrong. Um, Ultimately, one of the best things that we have learned in marriage, which we didn't learn until like years in with the help of elders at this church, is that it is not the responsibility of a boy or a girl to make you feel valuable, to make you feel loved. Um, Ultimately, you need to be going to God to fill you up, God to give you purpose, God to give you value. And until that is is set, until that is your practice, you will be trying to get that from other people, and that means you're not ready. Um, because another person cannot do that for you. Another person mm-hmm. will always fail you. Another person um, will be drained by that. Another person will, um, will try their best, but ultimately will, will fail. Well, yeah, and you will hurt them, or they will hurt you, or, or both. both. Yeah. And, and the definition of that is codependent. And the interesting thing is, is we were made, we were created to be codependent, but we were made to depend on God, not other people to make us happy. When you depend on God, the other people that do bring you joy is like bonus, it's gravy. Um, question two, do you believe that there is a right person or like the one out there? Yes, yeah? I totally believe that. I, I mean, God obviously Wait, knows, right? Is it me? It is, it's you. Okay. Never really asked. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I had no idea. I grew up 2,000 miles from here. Justin grew up here. 
But I, I mean, I never even heard of the woodlands. I never would have considered leaving California, especially not for Texas, right? No offense, Texas. But, but God knows. Well, no, and I would prefer, I prefer Texas now. But um, yes, God, God planned that. There's no way that I could have planned that on my own. And I absolutely believe that God has a spouse planned for each and every one of you. And so I think it's important even now to begin praying for your spouse. Because chances are that person's alive already, right? You're probably not going to marry someone more than 10 years younger than you. So that person is alive now and needs your prayers. I, I, I will just add to that. You guys know that we have the privilege and the honor, and we thank you for trusting us with your prayer requests every Sunday. And we pray over those faithfully. Um, last week, we had tons of prayers. They were so rich. My favorite one, there was actually a couple versions of it, was this. Jesus take care of my future wife. I know she's already out there. Help her stay pure and safe from any harm. Help me stay pure and safe. Man, that is a prayer the Lord loves, praying by faith for someone. You don't even know who they are. You don't even know what their name is. But that is a prayer that will help you cultivate a heart for others. Praying by faith that, man, God, I trust you that somebody's out there. Do you believe it? Yeah, you do. All right. The next question, slowly but surely, do you have it, number three? Yeah, was it hard waiting to find the one? Was it hard? <laughs> I didn't wait. Sinner. Um, Justin waited for two years-ish. Well, after not. Kind of six months, really, if we're going to be honest. Six months, two years, maybe about a week. The story when we met was two years. Gradually, I realized, eh, more like six months of purity before it. we got married. It was a work in progress. But that's okay. That's way better than Well, me. let's clarify. So I, I did not wait well. Um, I didn't wait well for years. It was when I was late 20s that I finally realized, man, I, I am depending on other people to make me happy. I don't even know who I am. I don't even know what makes me happy without somebody else in my life to fulfill needs and desires. And so that was when I got on the track of, I'm going to be single for two years. Um, I'm going to work on this. And I didn't, even in that, even with a commitment to the Lord, I did not do well. But that was my waiting. He tried. But Brooke didn't wait at all. So. Well, well I, okay, I did not have Jesus in my life. Um, Justin actually led me to Christ. And so um, I think not to, there, there's no justification for my behavior. I knew what I was doing was wrong. Um, but just to say, like, for your friends out there who don't believe in Jesus, don't expect them to be waiting as well. Um, know that you'll be different. And know that they'll think that you're crazy. Um, yes, so waiting is very, very hard. Wait, I think waiting without doing it because you love Jesus is impossible. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just feel like standing um, which loving Jesus comes from being loved by Jesus first. Like the scriptures say, we love because he first loved us. And so if you guys, if any of you in this room don't feel loved by Jesus, that is the absolute like first thing to work on regarding all of this stuff. Like none of this ultimately matters or is possible to be strong in or biblical in without first being loved by Jesus. Yeah, th there's a great little meme that I, that I thought I screenshot it, but I, I don't have it. But it said something to the effect of, um, when, when you talk about something all the time, it starts to sound true, even though you know it's wrong. And then other people start to hear you talk about it, and they think it's true, even though it's wrong. And then the next thing you know, it's just true. 
Um, I say that because society and the world that we live in has been saying a lot of stuff is true and right and good for you that is absolutely not. And so I, I point that out real generally to point out that it is very hard to wait in this day and age because not only will your unbelieving friends or even some of your believing friends not encourage you waiting, but that they'll think you're foolish for doing so. Um, question number four. Do you want to come get him really quick? Thank you. Oh, that's, I was just about the same thing. Here. He's really talking no! today. <laughs> oh, and his diaper bag is in that niche, the big niche. The middle niche with the, uh, she's Curtains. not listening. She's like, I if got he, a baby. If, if he poops, you know. Okay. Um, and feel free to, if you want to walk around outside the room. So what is the purpose of dating? Well, hooking up. No. no. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's practice. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, practice it's for what? For relationships. It's okay, is this person the person God has for me? And it's practicing listening to God and practicing loving someone else. I mean, it's, it's should lead to marriage. Yeah. Um, dating without hoping for <coughs> marriage in that relationship is useless. Um, and it's unnecessary temptation. It is. It is. Um, when it gets serious. Yeah. Yeah. Purpose of dating is to learn how to do relationships. And, yes. and dating, like romantic relationships, are to lead to marriage. Um, if you're dating because you're like, how many dates will it take until we can, you know, get to first, second, or third base? Like, that's just not okay, you guys. God has promised and put boundaries around the things that we get to enjoy that are um, reserved for marriage. And if you're dating to enjoy those things before, you might have a moment of fleeting pleasure, um, but it, it, it can haunt you. And we'll get to that as we roll through these questions. But the purpose of dating is to prepare for marriage. Well, and, and that's kind of close to, you know, the next question. It seems like everyone has a girlfriend. Why not me? I would say, why not you? Because the other people are probably pursuing those things. Um, most of the people your age who are dating are not actually looking for a husband and wife, are not actually listening to the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit guide them into a relationship with their future spouse. It's usually hormones. Yeah. And um, just went out the window. There it is. All right. When it comes to dating at, at the age that you guys are, and even in the age you'll be when you're in high school, even as a high school senior, the odds of that relationship resulting in a marriage are so astronomical because you don't finish developing for another several years, like as a human being, not just physically. And so if you start a relationship right now in eighth grade or 10th grade, you're going to be a completely different person in the next five or 10 years. So you're dating somebody and you're not even finished developing into who you are as a, as a human being in your heart and mind and neither are they. So to think that, well, we're going to end up married, you might, and that's awesome. But the odds are against you. Like, the odds are higher, I think, that you win, like, the lottery twice. Maybe a little bit of embellishment there. You still want to call me out. <laughs> no, 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 I'm okay with that. We're going to fight later. No, I'm, All right. I'm thinking ahead, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, how do you tell your parents that you're dating someone, and I like to put a caveat, and or interested in dating, um, and then the next one's lumped, but it's a separate question. How do you tell your parents that you're dating um, or interested in dating? Well, I think that you should 
be an open conversation with your parents about where you're at there. Well, every yeah, just yeah. open conversation. Yeah, I mean, like Charlotte is interested-ish in a boy right now in her diving. What? It's not oh. It's, Did you hear the last answer? It's very innocent. It's very pure. It's not gonna be innocent. But we for talk long. about it. No, no. But at one point, she was thinking about writing him a note, and I said, I don't think it's time. And she said, okay. You think? She nine. But she's around people who are constantly talking about relationships and having crushes. And, and this is a perfect example a why you want open communication. Because <laughs> when stuff comes out, you're like, what? Hey. I kind of knew. If she's outside and she heard that, she might be upset. So let's change the subject. I love you, Charlotte <laughs> Never write to boys. Anyways. It's uncomfortable, but it's way better to start talking about it early on because if you just one day you're like, I want to date someone, your parents are going to be like, oh, God, no. You know, you know how like when someone like says something out of nowhere, your immediate response is no. But if you just are in the practice of talking with your parents about it, I think you guys will both understand each other. They'll be able to help you. They'll be able to give you better advice. There'll well, be trust. And on that, I mean... This answer is for you guys, but it's also for your, your parents. If they're not talking to you about sex and dating, as horrible as that might seem to you, uh, you can initiate the conversation. You guys should have those conversations. Believe me, your parents, whoever they are and whatever they've been through, have advice for you that's worth listening to. Yeah, guess what? Have made they've mistakes. <laughs> um, and the more comfortable it is and the more open those lines of communication, the better. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no reason why you can't lead the way in that, you guys. So. Next question, how far is too far physically? I feel like this is a question that's like asking for permission. Um, trust me, what you're thinking is too far then. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got to say, that shows me that if, if that's where your mind is, like you're not thinking about Jesus in that moment, mm. and Jesus is not the center of that relationship. And so... Where you're at, if that's where your what your question is, if your question is just how far is too far physically, then you have so many other problems with that relationship that I think you're gonna you're gonna get hurt. I, there's no way you're not gonna get hurt if that's where you're already at. Yeah. Um, well, and it just make, it makes me think about driving a car. I mean, if your thought when you get your license, well, Josie was on the front. She's not anymore. Um, what's up, girl? Is how fast can I go? Like, you know what happens when you go too fast, and you know what happens when you don't obey the rules on the road, like danger, uh, discipline, um, loss of responsibility and opportunity. Um, that is not the right mindset. And just know that the further you go, um, the harder it's gonna be to, to come back, the harder it's gonna be to respect those boundaries in the future. It's, uh, it's a very dangerous line. And you can get hurt significantly. Yeah, I mean, I can pretty much guarantee you you're going to get hurt. Yeah. And we don't say that to scare you guys away from it, but, like, we, are, we have been hurt. We've hurt each other. And it is no fun. Um, all right. So, if we're going to get... Sorry, that's not the answer you probably want. Tough. If we're going to get married anyway, what's the harm of having sex now? The Lord, um, first of all... <laughs> Jesus is Jesus. Jesus. That's the answer to all of us. Um, 
So, so he sets these parameters for marriage for our protection, right? Um, <clears throat> so if you belong to Jesus, then obeying him comes with blessings. Like he promises that. He promises to protect you, to, to bless you. As soon as you walk out of his will, um, you just open up <clears throat> your heart, you open up your spirit, you open up your body. Um, and I can pretty much guarantee you that every person I know who has said that did not marry that person. You think you're going to marry that person. You're not going to marry that person. Bailey, are you going to marry that person? Yes. No. Um, if you're going to marry that person, then wait. You have the rest of your life to have sex. There's a long time, like a long time to have sex. And there's something so safe and um, intimate and blessed about sex in marriage, whereas sex outside of that protected place is destructive, it is um, a corrosive. Sex is the most powerful thing that any human being can do in this life. No, no other thing that you can do with your body results in another human being coming into the world. That's power. That is profound. And at the same point in time, this is, God's like, this is how dangerous it is. I put out a warning from the Weather Channel. You're fine, brother. Um, by the same rationale, if it's that powerful that it can create that much, imagine the destructive power of sex. Imagine how much damage it can do. I mean, well, I don't need to go into the examples. You know them. They're probably rolling through your brain right now. Uh, next question. Wait, the next two questions go together. Oh, well, um, then you do them. Why do people tell me that the way to make your boyfriend or girlfriend happy is to just give them what they want? And then why do they make me feel like I'm wrong when I say no? Both of those things, you guys, oh, my God. <coughs> Both of those things are abuse, okay? That's I'm right. going to just straight up say that. You... When it comes to your relationships, particularly with, when it becomes romantic or sexual or when it's about romance or sex, please listen to your gut. Please listen to the inside alarm going off because someone making you feel like you're wrong when you say no or someone pushing you to just give someone what they want that's abuse. That is not okay. That is manipulation. That is wrong on every level. And if there is anyone in your life saying that or acting like that, draw the line and cut them out now. That is not okay in any way. And you come talk to us about it. We'll be happy to help you process that. It's a big deal. And we're not just talking about sexual boundaries, but just boundary boundaries. Um, your no absolutely needs to be respected. And if anyone's urging you to say yes, when you have said no and you want to say no, that person is garbage for you, okay? You give them to Jesus and you walk away. That's right. Um, I have something, you can totally clap for that. That was really solid. If somebody wants you to do something that crosses a line for you, um, there, a, a phrase that I like is there's great power in a pre-decision. My prayer for this talk right now is that as we're laying these things out and reinforcing them with personal stories and or scripture, that you ladies and you gentlemen would be 
making some pre-decisions about where your lines are. And if, it, if and when it comes to the place where you have to cross that line, then you need to know that the answer is no, I'm holding the line. God is a God of boundaries. And we are to respect his boundaries, and the people in your life should respect your boundaries. Um, all right. And your skin is the first boundary that you're born with. That's right. And it should be respected. It was given to you by God. And don't let anyone cross it. Will my marriage be ruined if I look at porn or pornography? It'll be affected. It'll be affected. Um, who here wants to be judged by porn? Who here wants to be looked at naked based on what you've seen and the other person has seen in porn? You want to be judged that way? Yeah, right. No way. <laughs> um, no thanks. Um, so there are websites out there that are completely secular that talk about the science of porn and what it does to your brain. And if you look at porn, you become desensitized to natural sexual relations. And the nature of porn is that it gets more and more perverse and that you need it to get more and more perverse in order to have the physical reaction that you're looking for and in order to have the... Is it adrenaline? I, I can't remember what it, the actual... What is it? Dopamine? Yes, to have the dopamine response. Um, it has to increase. It gets worse and worse and worse. And I had a friend whose husband, ex-husband now, was addicted to porn, and she joined a women's support group. And you guys would be surprised at how many normal men end up in brothels. They end up going to prostitutes to do things that they learn in porn. And they look like great men, right? They, they come to church. They, they put it together. Sometimes they're up on stage, you guys. But porn leads to worse things. And porn itself, Jesus says, is sin. I mean, there was no computer at the time. But like, or, or phones, gosh. I mean, you guys don't even use computers for it, probably. It's phones. Um, he says if you, if you sin with your eyes, gouge your eyes out. That's right. <laughs> I mean, that's how serious and, uh, he is. I was reading that this morning. Um, it's, so it's Matthew 5. It says, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If we even look at people sexually with a desire to do physical things to them, Jesus just said that's, that's sin. And it goes on to say, if you can't control yourself, like this is how serious it is, like you should gouge your eye out because it's better to go to heaven with one eye than as a sinner, and then he says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. I don't know what he's talking about there, but uh -huh. that's how serious it is. It's that destructive and it's that damaging. Um, if you even look at someone, let's, let alone like a, an image on a screen with lust, Jesus says you have just left the protective, blessed boundaries of how I designed you to be, and you have stepped into a place where sin and death are gonna rule and reign. You guys, um, I think after like warfare, that pornography is the largest money-making machine on the planet. Billions upon billions of dollars. I once heard like, if you combined all the revenue from uh, Taco Bell, McDonald's, and Burger King, like things that people eat every day, all day long, and put it together, it wouldn't even come close to how much money is made every day with porn. And pornography and looking at it literally perverts the way that you think and makes it to where I can no longer look at someone of the opposite sex, eventually the same sex, without thinking things beyond my control 
that are perverted. So if you are wrapped up in that, know that it is only going to get worse, but thank God that if you will confess it as, God, I know this is not your way for me, then another scripture comes true. If we confess our sins to him, which the Bible just said, this is sin, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us and to cleanse us. I can never get away from this feeling. I can't stop looking. Confess your sin. He's faithful. He's just to forgive you and to cleanse you. So know that it's sin. Know that it's destructive. But know that the grace of Jesus Christ can set you free and cleanse you and make you right again. Well, and that sort of leads into the next question, which is why is it important and how do you pray for God to restore your virginity if you've lost your purity? And that would be true also, I think, for, for pornography if you've been investing your mind and heart into pornography, um, God can restore you. He can fix that. But it is not something that you just pray once and you do nothing to pursue, that you just say, okay, God fixed me. I'm done now. Like, you, it's not like that. Um, praying for God to restore you is like a daily request. It's something that you, you daily turn to the Lord and say, you know, God, make me new. God, help me not turn back to this. Um, he can completely restore you uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. That's right. Like, God can completely do that. And that's something Justin prayed for before we got married because, well, and I prayed for as well, but not as in-depth because I, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was still a baby Christian. But, I mean, you went and prayed with elders. That's right. But when I knew that Brooke was the woman that I wished that I'd waited for well and that she was coming to Texas to marry me like that week, I just started thinking like, um, I've been so unfaithful to this woman that I never even knew before and I wish I had been. And I talked to some elders and I asked, what do I do? And they said, just, just pray and confess and ask for forgiveness. And so they encouraged me to make a list of the people that I had had in my life that I had been unfaithful to Brooke with uh, varying degrees. And I wish it had been a short list, but it was very long. And for several hours, I prayed with these elders and just one by one confessed, Lord, forgive me for what I did with this person. Please help them forgive me. Um, please forgive me because that wasn't just this person, but that was your daughter. Like that, that's your child that I sinned with, that I sinned against you first with. And I just rolled through that list. And by the end of that exercise, I felt different. I felt lighter. I felt more peaceful. And as Brooke said, um, from time to time, especially in the early years, and it's so infrequent now, but I would remember someone that I had um, maybe forgotten about or didn't include, and I would just pray right then and there, Jesus, please, right now, would you give me grace for that? Would you forgive me for that? Would you help them forgive me? Um, I forgive them, etc. Um, God is a God who wants to have an ongoing 24-7 conversation with us, and when it comes to our mistakes, what Brooke is talking about, like just continue to pray, it makes me think of the scripture that says, how do we pray, Lord? And one of the things he says, pray for your daily bread. Pray for your daily grace. Pray that you would receive God's mercies that are new every day, but we can only enjoy them if we ask for and receive them. Yeah, and I think another good prayer before or after, or I mean, regardless of where you guys are at in, in your sexuality and your experiences is to daily pray that God would give you eyes to see everyone else as made in the image of God. Yeah. Because that's the truth, is that we are all made in the image of God. We are 
image bearers. I mean, we are more than our sexuality, and our sexuality is precious. It is not meant to be dirty. It is not meant to be gross. It is meant to be enjoyed. Um, but that being said, it is meant to be enjoyed in God's way. And so if we look at each and every one of us as this person belongs to Jesus, this is, their, this is God's image bearer, they are valuable completely in a pure way that will really help you guys in your relationships with each other. Yeah, so we, we only probably have time to roll through a couple more questions. We'll, we'll take it to about 10.50. So we got like nine minutes. We don't have a full-on response for you guys today. Your response is to go and continue to ask these questions of the Lord, of your small group leaders. But from what Brooke just said, one of the best things that you might want to do before you leave this room so that there is some semblance of a response today is to take your brown prayer tag and just even between now and when we're done, maybe write a prayer. Jesus, help me see people the way that you see people. And if some more prayer comes out of that, go for it. And you can and drop maybe, those off at the end. Maybe even just declare over yourself, like, I am made in the image of God. Like, you guys are made to, to be good. Like, God made us, and he said, you are good. Like, this is a good thing. So the next question, um, how do you know if you're in love? I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> when you know, you'll know. I don't know. I mean, it's very easy to mistake being in love for lust That's and right. infatuation. Um, I think a couple of the indicators would be the earlier things that we talked about. When you want their best over your best, when you desire that they would grow closer with the Lord rather than closer to you. I will tell you right yes. now, the first year and a half of our marriage, if Jesus wasn't the most important person in our marriage and our relationship, um, we would have divorced. We would have destroyed each other. I'd kill her. Well, Too far? I don't know. It's we possible. would have killed each other. <laughs> yeah. War of the Roses well, style. And I think to truly love someone is to love them as they grow and change and yeah. not trying to change them, control them, get something from them, have your needs met by them. Even in marriage. Yes. Because just because Brooke and I are married doesn't mean that I can just do whatever I want all day long every day. She's still the daughter of God that she was designed to be with well, her yeah, own. Just yesterday I was like, get off the computer. Why you gotta, Why you got to go there? I get tired of the computer. It's like the Berlin Wall. It's uncrossable. <laughs> but you still have things that you need to work on and learn. I, one of the things I love to say early in our marriage that is just true today is if you want to get to know who you really are, like yourself, get married because all your stuff's coming out. People are so well, much in a hurry. They, they aren't a mess and they'll get, figure that out first. That's right, because they're going <laughs> to listen and do everything we said today. <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Um, how do you keep your relationship focused on God? You pursue God together. Um, well, be careful with that. Oh, yes. I mean, you guys, pursuing God together, I think, is important. Um, if you Dating at your age shouldn't look a whole lot different than being best friends. Um, but if you guys, if you are in a dating relationship, if you guys are doing that well, you know, go to church together, worship God together, pray together, read the Bible together, um, but listen to your gut as well, because the Lord will, will speak to you through the Holy Spirit and will guide you into, okay, what is appropriate, what's not, what's crossing your boundaries, what's not. Hmm. And in, in Song of Songs, you guys, it says over and over again, not to awaken love before it's time. And the best of you 
will give your hearts to someone before it's time, and it will hurt you guys, because if it's not the one, which I truly believe God has the one for you, um, it's just, it's going to hurt, and you'll learn a lot, and you'll, you'll survive, God will redeem it, there will be grace for you, but it's going to be rough. And, Especially and if the relationship is physical. I have said this to people before and had them turn around and say, well, I'm tough. I can handle it. I've handled worse. And I'm just like, girl, you don't even know. And guess what? They come back to me and they're like, oh, I didn't listen to you. I didn't know. <laughs> but they know now. Yeah. Um, especially when a relationship is physical. I mean, you guys, the, the Bible says that when two enter into marriage or a sexual relationship, that two become one, that there is a binding, not just of flesh, but spirit. And when you break up, it is like a tearing of your own soul. And when you see people that are just like devastated from relationships, like it was because either emotionally or physically or spiritually, they, they gave a piece of themselves away. Um, that was some key language that I used when I was praying with those elders. Like, God, I gave a part of my heart away. Um, give it back. And, and thank God. One He's, of the girls he gave his heart to, her name was Bitter. Can you imagine the name Bitter? I mean, literally. And she was so bitter. Anyways. Bitter if you're listening. He's so, sorry. I, I am. I am. Um, but there is, a, there is a tearing of soul. And if you think you're going to get over that, as I did, by just, I'll just go get another girlfriend to cover that pain, or I'll just start doing this, that, or the other. The only place that you're going to find healing and a restoration of that piece of your heart you gave away is in Jesus Christ. Yeah, people are never going to do it for you guys. So, all right, we only got a couple more minutes. I think we should do, for the last one, go how do it. you get over someone you like and focus on God more? That's by the grace of God. Um, that's by, oh, you, can you start? I don't know. Let me read the question know. out loud and God will give me something. How do you get over someone that you like? Maybe dating, maybe not. Just somebody you yeah, like. Yeah, And focus on God more. Um, I think that being honest with yourself, maybe being honest with an accountability partner or somebody in your small group, your small group leader, about where you're at and how you feel is a big part of it. Like being honest with your own feelings. Okay, so I like this person, but what is it that I really like? How they make me feel, what they're gonna do for me, etc. So just being honest with yourself, being authentic, um, getting advice from other people. Yeah, and I think tr like trying to figure out your motives. Like, okay, like if you're really into this person, if you could talk with someone who's, you know, maybe older and wiser or even not, but just try and figure out okay, what are my motives behind this feeling I have? Like, what am I trying to get? What am I excited about getting? Sometimes it's acceptance. Sometimes it's popularity. Sometimes, I mean, who knows what your motivating factor is, but challenge yourself and, okay, what is it that this is? Like, is it really just because that person is someone that I love and that I would want to lay down my life for? Or is it for me? Mm -hmm. um, and then realize that if it's for you, okay, like, you can easily get over that person if you will let God meet those needs. That's good. I want to wrap us up. Yeah. And I, I had some loose notes here, and as I was looking at them, as Brooke answered that last question, I feel like the Lord gave me a way to close this talk out. Um, first and foremost, you guys, 
it's easy for me to get up here. Like, I, this is like second home for me. This is my calling. It's different for Brooke Bear. Would you give her a round of applause? <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, last week, we had six pages of prayer requests as a result of our sermon on, on dating and relationships and how to be a good boyfriend and girlfriend spouse. By far and away, the most popular prayer request, the most common thing that you guys asked for pray for last week was this. And I'll read. This is basically the same request worded three different ways. Please get my emotions intact. Please help me control myself. Jesus, help me control my emotions and my impulses. Jesus, help me have self-control. Um, the thing that you guys have working against you most, given your stage of life, your age, your physiology, is your emotions and your hormones. There's nothing wrong with that. That's just where you're at. And so praying and continuing to pray things like that, like help me control my emotions, is huge. As we close today, I just want to kind of pray a few scriptures over you guys. If you hear one that really speaks to you, just write it out. Write it down as your prayer request to drop off here at the end of service. Um, but just receive these words from the Lord that are true forever. Our emotions are temporary. They change day to day. I'm starving right now, but I will eat in a little while, and that emotion, that, that feeling will go away, that hangriness that the senior high is really going to get to enjoy. Um, but God's word is true all day, every day, since the minute it was written and forever. And so here's God's word for you based on what we've talked about today. Promise me not to awaken love until the time is right. Brothers and sisters, I plead with you, I beg you, give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can just choose to obey God which leads to righteous living. Anyone who even looks at another with lust has already committed adultery with that person in their heart. But love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful, and it endures through every circumstance. If you have been wounded or wounded someone in any area that we've talked about this morning, students know this. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful, he is just, all day, every day, no matter what, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. That is good news. 
Jesus, we do pray that you would help us see every single child of God on this planet, especially those that we're interested in, through your eyes, as your sons, as your daughters, first and foremost. And may we see ourselves that way too, as image bearers of God himself. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.